0: Ezra, to Ezra chapter 1, if you're using a pew Bible, you will find this on page 635. Page 635, 635, Ezra chapter 1, we'll read this. Uh, in its entirety. Ezra. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, and also put it in writing, saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth the Lord God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is among you of all his people? May his God be with him. And let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, And build the house of the Lord God of Israel, he is God, which is in Jerusalem. And whoever is left in any place where he dwells, let the men of his place help him with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, besides the freewill offerings for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. And the heads of the fathers' houses of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites, with all whose spirits God had moved, arose to go up and build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. And all those who were around them encouraged them with articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with precious things, besides all that was willingly offered. King Cyrus also brought out the articles of the house of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from Jerusalem and put in the temple of his gods. And Cyrus, king of Persia, brought them out by the hand of... and counted them out to Shesh-bazar, the prince of Judah. This is the number of them, 30 gold platters, 1,000 silver platters, 29 knives, 30 gold basins four hundred and ten silver basins of a similar kind, and one thousand other articles. All the articles of gold and silver were five thousand four hundred. All these Shesh Bazar took with the captives who were brought from Babylon to Jerusalem. Well, beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, today we look at Ezra chapter 1 as we begin a series now on this book of Ezra. And as we look at this, as we look at this uh, chapter today, we see that God restores his people to restore or to rebuild the temple. God restores his people to rebuild the temple. Now, the book of Ezra, as we will see, Lord willing, over the next several weeks, is divided into two main sections. So, chapters 1 through 6 deal with events roughly 539 to 515 BC. So, 539, 539 years before Christ to 515 years before Christ. So, 2500 or so, a bit more than 2500 years ago, 2550 or so. Mm -hmm. Chapters 7 through 10 deal with events 458 and 457 BC. So, a couple of generations, two or three generations later. So, two main sections of the book. If we were looking at this in terms of a play, for example, We could say it's Act 1 and Act 2. So very distinctive, okay? Now the books of Ezra and Nehemiah are related. Nehemiah is the next book, as we know, in the Bible. Uh, The temple, Nehemiah talks about rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem that had been destroyed when the city was captured. These two books may have at one time been regarded as one book, but today we divide them between Ezra and Nehemiah. Now, in order to understand this history, then, we need to see that, first of all, we talk about, you remember, that we are the seed, or that the, the, uh, the children of Israel are the seed of Abraham. Well, the seed of Abraham had divided, they had a civil war, if you will, they divided it between the northern and the southern kingdoms. The northern, the northern tribes, called Israel, had been taken into captivity in 722 B.C., so more than a 100 years before the southern kingdom was. The southern tribes, called Judah, were also punished and were later taken into captivity. The Babylonians, the Babylonians who were God's instrument of wrath against Judah were themselves overthrown by the Medes and Persians in 539 BC that's why i mentioned 539 539 years before Christ and the person who led that overthrow of the Babylonians these ones the, the this people that was used by God to punish Judah bring it into captivity the one who led the medes and the persians was a man called cyrus c y r u s cyrus and he's going to be a very important figure in this chapter as we will see now there are as we look at this book as a whole there are at least two at least two themes that run through this book. The first is this. Ezra, who wrote this book, who plays a role later in this book, in in Act 2, Ezra was trying to show the legitimacy of his own community. He was trying to show that there was great continuity between before being being and the community of those who were returning. He's showing the continuity between these two. This is not some sort of blind nationalism. Uh, he realizes that God's blessings are not automatic and that God's people must be faithful to him, but he's showing the continuity between those who had been in the land before and those who were now coming back into the land. The second major, or a second major theme, is this whole idea of the covenant. The covenant. A covenant, children, as you know, a covenant is an agreement between two or more parties. But as used by God, of course, the covenant, his, the agreement he makes with us is not we bargain with him. No, he imposes the covenant upon us. But still, an agreement between two or more parties. God had promised to do something for the people to whom he was bound by covenant. So he was, God was bound to keep his word. And he was bound, therefore, to bring them back into the land. And so this theme of covenant from that aspect we see. Moreover, the people were by means of the covenant to give expression to their faith by me that so they were the people were to be themselves faithful to the covenant that god had provided and in this regard please note that purity purity is a great concern purity is going to be one of those themes with regard to the covenant for example avoiding contamination with those who were not of the covenant community. So there's a clear divide, and we see this, of course, in the New Testament, of uh, the children of darkness, the children of light. There's a clear divide between those who are following the Lord and those who are not. And so avoiding contam- contamination, if you will, with those not of the covenant community, and also engaging in engaging in temple worship engaging in temple worship which itself was an expression of the covenant so with that as a background today with that as a what we want to do then is we want to look at two points there are two major points number 1 the edict or we could say the proclamation and secondly the preparation so the edict or the proclamation, and then secondly, the preparation for the people to come back into the land. Now, as we look at this, uh, at this proclamation then, notice the instruments, the tools themselves, or the, the players, if you will. The first we can see is the edict or the proclamation itself. You'll notice in verse 1 that it's actually in two forms. It is oral that is, say, it's announced by voice, it's announced, but notice it is also put in writing, it is also formal and written. So when we talk about, for example, we talk about the, the proclamation being pronounced, being announced, think of fanfare, think of like a whole bunch of trumpets, you know, think of a court setting when the announcement is being made. And so we've got the oral, but we also have that which is written. Put it in writing, you see. They're from Missouri. Show me, the show me state, right? Put it in writing so that we know what exactly is being said. Who is the one who is making this proclamation? It is Cyrus, a brave leader who ruled a mighty empire. As a matter of fact, this is how he, he uh, spoke of himself. Quote, I am Cyrus, king of the world, great king, legitimate king, king of Babylon, king of Sumer and Akkad, king of the four rims of the earth. Uh, <clears throat> and, and not exactly uh, modest, shall we say, in his claims, but nevertheless, that's who Cyrus was. And he, however, despite the fact he says, oh, I'm king of the world and so forth, what is that? is that in point of fact he was just a drop in the bucket because it is the Lord who is going to use him to further the kingdom of heaven. And that's what we see here. And that leads us then to the prime mover, and that is the Lord himself. Notice what it says here in verse 1 that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled or might be accomplished. God's word, you see, is sure. God's word is sure. And of course, we've already uh, seen that, have we not? In terms of our reading from uh, Jeremiah today, uh, Jeremiah Uh, uh, in chapter 29, but we'll look first at Jeremiah 25, verse 11. Jeremiah 25, verse 11. And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. There's that 70 years. And chapter 29, verse 10 of Jeremiah, for thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. Now, this when we look then, we, we ask the question: what what uh, to what is that 70 years referring? The major captivity of Judah was 597 BC, and then a general general captivity, general deportation in 586. But actually, you there was a pri in six oh five BC. And so the seventy years then would date from when that first captivity happened to Judah in six oh five BC until around five thirty-six BC or thereabouts. Matter of fact, it's been argued that maybe it's really the people come back around 538, 537 B.C., somewhere in that neck of the woods, and that maybe what we see here is that God is actually showing his grace by bringing them back maybe just a tad early. But this fulfillment, this fulfillment shows God's concern with all of his people. And it is also a wonderful prediction that could not have been done by human wisdom. Seventy years and going to bring them back. Notice here in Ezra 1 that it is the Lord who stirred up Cyrus's spirit. That's what it says here. Verse 1, the Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh, stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, stirred him up or awakened him. Cyrus, of course, is made in the image of God. He has a soul. He has a spirit. And so the Lord is the one who stirred him up. And notice then that it is the Lord who owns all things. It is the Lord who owns Cyrus. It is the Lord who owns the nations. Even here in verse 2, notice that Cyrus at least in this proclamation, recognizes that. As he says, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God has given me, and, uh, and the, the, uh, the Lord God of heaven has given me. And so God is the God of heaven, showing his power and his authority. Again, God is the one who owns Cyrus. He is the one who commanded it, Cyrus. But God, that Cyrus then recognizes God's hand on him in terms of this. This command, of course, was to build the Lord's house in Jerusalem in Judah. One more thing here in terms of